0: everybody, Welcome back to the Green Light Podcast. Green light. It's your boy Jackson here.
1: And your girl Lauren.
0: And we Sorry. are here. <laughs> <laughs> not our best intro. However, I'd argue not our worst, in my humble opinion. Uh, so we're here bringing you live. Uh, this is uh, three fourths of what the show is like now. Um, so, Lauren, you want to tell the people what is going on here?
1: Yeah. Um, so basically, we talk about old movies and new movies, and we talk about trivia. We talk about our thoughts, we talk about the people involved, and ultimately, we decide whether or not we would greenlight these movies. Yes,
0: if you know our name, you know what we're about. Uh, so the other, uh, every fourth week, uh, we do something a little different, which is how we started the show, which is reading a, uh, new work, uh... And uh, by an, of an unproduced play or screenplay, then yeah. we interview that writer. Um, so we're gonna be uh, going back in two weeks. In that, if you have a script you'd like to submit to us, go ahead, send, send it. it on over.
1: Send
0: uh, it, send it, from uh, BattleBots. <laughs> TGL submit at GL at gmail.com. Yep. Jesus Christ. I you can't. You should speak also follow us on Jackson. social media. Com.
1: I just posted on Instagram and Facebook today. Yes,
0: you did. It was a great post. Thank I you. loved it. I liked it, in fact. Wow. Um, but anyways, yeah, follow that us is on social media. TGL
1: underscore pod on Instagram and Twitter. Yes. At GreenLight Pod on Facebook. And
0: what Lauren posted about today was Uh, Our Greenlit episode that we just did. And that is a part of our Patreon. Greenlit is where we watch a either a nostalgic movie, an old movie, a movie that we think would be fun fun to watch while slightly intoxicated. Uh, So our most recent movie was the Wild Thornberries movie.
1: Paired with Jungle Juice. Paired with Jungle Juice. how could you not?
0: Because how could you not? Animals. If you don't know what Jungle Juice is, it's essentially just a random concoction of alcohols and mixers. But yeah. this one was not random. It was pretty good. Lauren did not more. Lauren made it. Yeah, and she did I, a great I followed job. a
1: recipe. Yeah. So. <laughs>
0: it often has uh, cut up fresh fruit in it, which makes it seem uh, better than it is. <laughs> I'll it's say healthy. it. I'll say yeah. it. It's healthy. No, it's Lauren not. said it. <laughs> Lauren said it. And she's right, kind of. Uh, okay. Uh, I think that's all we have. The
1: other thing, please, please, Ooh. please leave us an iTunes review. Yes, please. Apple Podcast review. We don't have any new ones. So yes, correct. Shame.
0: Correct. Shame, 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 shame. Yeah.
1: So, so, do that. That helps the show a ton. Yes.
0: So, as you know, if you've watched the show, what is this? What is this?
1: I I don't know. Liquid.
0: What sort of sauce is this?
1: I don't... How should I know?
0: It was on the table. The, I haven't even hit this table. <laughs> there is a, a sort of sauce on my finger it right now. It
1: looks like barbecue sauce. It does. I haven't had barbecue sauce.
0: Um, okay, I'm going to go get a napkin, and Lauren's going to decide <laughs> gonna which like... movie we talk about first. <laughs> <sighs>
1: man um well i don't know uh basically the two movies that we are doing this week are sleepaway camp that is our old movie and zola a brand new movie um and you know off the top of my head i can actually think of one thing that these movies have in common
0: what do these movies have in common
1: full frontal male
0: nudity ah love that gotta love that uh well uh a slight spoiler there in Sleepaway Camp, but we won't say why. That's a slight spoiler. Yeah, I, I'm pretty it's not sure. A
1: spoiler without the why, I think.
0: Have you had a salad lately up here?
1: No, I can't tell you the Are last you sure? Time I, had a salad. I feel
0: like that could be balsamic vinaigrette, and I know you like that on your salad. It
1: could be, but I never eat at this table.
0: Okay, that's fine. It doesn't matter what it bed, is. We'll is clean worse. it up. Uh, anyways, um <laughs> I would kind of like to talk about the ending of Sleepaway Camp, but I would rather do it kind of at the end as a bit of like a bonus type thing. So could we maybe start with Zola?
1: Yeah, that sounds great. Okay. Let's start with Zola. Let's start with Zola. Okay, let me crack open my notebook here. Lauren
0: saw Zola. We both saw Sleepaway Camp. Also good wide Sleepaway Camp a second.
1: To be fair, I only partially paid attention to Sleepaway Camp though, so we're kind of like a one person size. Well, I
0: fully paid attention, so don't worry. I got you.
1: <clears throat> Zola is a 2020, but really kind of more like 2021. Yeah, you know, with yeah. just when people are seeing movies because um, COVID. Film, uh, from a 24, and it is based on a Twitter thread, which is that's kind of a new source material. Um, so I I think we will see a lot more movies like that, and I will talk about that more later. But okay, this is based on a Twitter thread from 2015. Um, and most of it is true. It's like. The movie follows the Twitter thread pretty closely, and most of the stuff in the movie actually happened, which is crazy, if wow. you've seen the movie. Sure. Uh, basically, this is the IMDb summary, which is uh, the understatement of the year. A stripper named Zola embarks on a wild road trip to Florida.
0: <laughs> That's it. Okay. That's it. Sure. Yeah. Sounds wild.
1: Yeah. Um. So, this is written and directed, well... Written is kind of like the screenplay was written by uh, Janisca Bravo, and she also directed.
0: Um, oh, cool! Writer director.
1: Yeah. Uh, obviously, like I said, based on the Twitter thread. So, um, uh, a King, aka Zola, is credited as a writer on this as well. Cool. And I mean, like honestly, the Twitter thread is structured really well. Like after after this Twitter thread went viral, you know, some writers came out and were like. Hey, you're a good writer. <laughs> like, this has humor. I mean, the first line of the Twitter uh, thread is, quote, Y'all want to hear a story about why me and this bitch fell out? Mm. It's kind of long, but full of suspense.
0: Mm. How long is the thread? How many tweets is it?
1: 148. Wow. It's a long thread, but wow, it is worth it. that's a novel. It. I read this thing, like, when the mo- around the time the movie was announced and I saw the trailer, I was like, based on a Twitter thread, I have to read it. And I read it, and it was like 2 a.m., and I was hooked. Wow. I mean, it's insane. insane. I highly recommend you read it.
0: Okay. <laughs> honestly. Yeah, sure.
1: Um. Anyway, and honestly, I'll talk about this more later, too, but I'm glad that I read it before seeing the movie. Okay. Um, just because there are some things that don't really get close closure okay, in the movie. Sure. Um anyway, like I said, um this director has actually directed a lot of theater um oh, as well cool. as film. Uh I she like some has theater. directed episodes of Atlanta and Ooh. Dear White People. Nice. Um and then this, like that's kind of you know a little bit of uh, quite a bit of theater, a little bit of TV and then this. Wow, um cool. and she's also writer director, so good for her. Yeah. Um, Isaiah King, like I mentioned, she is Zola. She is the writer. She also did um a month after the Twitter thread was published and went viral. She did kind of like a tell-all big article with um Rolling Stone, hmm. uh, you know, where she kind of like went in more depth about some things, clarified some things. Um, so that article was also used as source material for this film, and that writer was credited as well as a writer. Cool. Okay, uh, so this is an A24 film.
0: A24. So
1: let's talk about A24 a little bit. Um, so if you don't know A24, you should. They started as A24 films. They were fo- it was founded by Daniel Katz, David Fenkel, and John Hodges. Um, basically, they started in 2013. Um, some of the some of their early films were things like Spring Breakers, um, but they really kind of got the ball rolling when they got the rights to things like Room. Starring Brie Larson, mm. Ex Machina, big one. I can't read my writing. The Witch,
0: <laughs> my favorite.
1: <laughs> um, stuff like that. They have also done lots and lots of other things, like the Oscar-winning Best Picture, Moonlight. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, and by the way, most of this information I got from Wikipedia because their website has very little on it. Like Interesting. the About page, bad website. Blank. The awards page. <laughs> It says coming soon. <laughs>
0: really? Yeah. That's so weird.
1: I was like, this is a major <laughs>
0: company. I wonder if they what like redesigned this? are redesigning it or something.
1: Maybe. I don't know. But anyway, here's some of the other films. Uh eighth grade, uh, Skin, who we actually that is an uh Oscar winning short, and we do know one of the producers on that, Andrew Carlberg. Yes, we
0: do. Shout out to Andrew.
1: Um, The Last Black Man in San Francisco, The Lighthouse, Waves uncut gems which is actually very aesthetically similar to this movie oh really uh the green knight which we are going to see soon and the lamb which is coming out soon yes yeah uh another there were looking at this list there were actually a lot of things that they made that i didn't know they made like i didn't know that they had anything to do with spring breakers yeah um i also didn't know they had anything to do with the bling ring which what is that I don't know if you're familiar. It is uh, one of Emma Watson's post Harry Potter films.
0: Oh, interesting! I did not know um, about. But it. it
1: is based on a true story. Honestly, similar vibes to this. Now that I think about it, but it's a bunch of teenagers who rob celebrities' homes. Oh, cool! In California. Heck yeah! Um, steal all the designer luxury products. Anyway, um, they have become huge lately. Um, they have a ton of Oscar nominations, Oscar wins, like just tons of awards, and they're like kind of the big name in filmmaking right now honestly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean and they come out with tons of content every year like 18 to 20 films. It's kind of wild um, between their shorts and features. Sure. Um, they also have some oh oh uh, what was I going to say? Oh yeah they also have some TV shows going on uh, including Euphoria so that's a pretty good Oh big gotcha. One. Yeah.
0: I'm getting a, a similar vibe I feel like. Oh like, yeah. I feel like oh, they yeah. have an esthetic They Definitely aesthetic. similar A24. vibes. They really yeah. do. It's all weird. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, anyway, yeah, I was losing What's my train up, of thought. Sorry about that. <laughs> I'm having a tough night. I yeah, don't know. it's okay. I had a big old. Uh, I had a big old Mr. Pibb at the movie theater, so I'm a little woo. I guess
0: <laughs> Mr. Pibb, classic. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, let's talk about some of the other people involved in this. Some of the let's actors. Do it. So Taylor I like those Page people. played Zola. Um. She got her big big break pretty recently, so her two biggest things that she's done by far is this, and uh, she was a supporting character in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which had oh, you know, a yeah. ton of Oscar buzz this past year. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually was nominated for an Image Award for that for Best Supporting Actress. Um, she was on an episode of Grey's Anatomy. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of the other credits that she has, I haven't really heard of. So I think this year is kind of like her big break. So good for her. Taylor Page.
0: That is good for her.
1: Um, Riley Kauf, I believe is how you pronounce her name. It's K-E-O-U-G-H. Um, she was on an episode of Riverdale. Uh, She was second billed in an, another A24 film called Under the Silver Lake, another one of their kind of earlier movies. She was fourth billed in It Comes at Night. I don't know if you ever saw that.
0: I did not. I know you hated it.
1: I did hate it. Sorry, spoilers, but I hated it. It's not <laughs> it <a> spoiler. <laughs> was, well, I mean, it was kind of like, I think it was trying to do, even though it hadn't come out yet, a quiet place kind of vibes. It was another like, oh, there are these, we don't know if it's a creature or an illness, or we really don't know what it is, but it's a little bit like apocalyptic, people kind of sheltering in their homes. Sure. um, Trying to like see if they can take other people in. But it's like, my biggest complaint is that we never see what comes at night. You know, sure. And like, not that you have to see the monster, but you at least need to kind of know what it is.
0: <laughs> sure. Anyway, that was a spoiler.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Uh, she was in Mad Max: Fury Road, billed pretty high as capable. Uh, she was in a Justin Timberlake music video, TKO. She oh, was also in song. Magic Mike. That was her third credit, and uh, The Good Doctor. Nice. So good stuff for Riley. Cough. Maybe. Uh. Uh Nicholas Braun, he played Derek. Um, oh, and by the way, sorry, Riley Riley Kauf was uh Stephanie, who in real life her name is Jessica, but she is, if you've seen the trailer, she is the white girl. Um Nicholas Braun was Derek, so Stephanie slash Jessica's boyfriend. Hmm. Uh he is best known for his uh pretty major role in succession. He's Greg. But he started as a decom star. Did he really? He was in sky high. Which you would recognize him from Sky High for sure. He's the like really? tall, lanky guy, Nicholas Braun. Yeah. Huh. Um, he was in Minutemen.
0: Oh wait! Oh, I know this kid. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah yeah yeah. Oh yeah. He was in Princess Protection Program, starring Demi Lovato and Selena Gomez. He was in The Secret Life of the American Teenager. Uh, a lot of Cold Case. He was in Prom, and he was in The Parks of Being a Wallflower. Nice. So good stuff. He definitely has a type, and from what I understand, he is like that in real life. Okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so good for him. Uh Coleman Domingo. Weirdly enough on IMDb, he was billed pretty low, but he's definitely the fourth biggest role. So he's like the pimp, basically. Sure. Um
0: I've heard of Coleman Domingo, I think. His
1: name is X in this. In the thread, his name is Z. I think they didn't do Z because people confuse Z with Zola.
0: Yeah, yeah. Fair. Not the same
1: person, obviously. Um, So he was also in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Uh, He was in Euphoria. Mm -hmm. He was in the new Twilight Zone series. Um, He was in If Beale Street Could Talk. He was actually in Bojack Horseman. Oh. Uh, He was Eddie the Fly, who I have not gotten to yet.
0: I think he's only in like one or two episodes, maybe. Okay,
1: okay. Uh, he was in Lincoln. He is actually a Tony nominee for the musical "The Scottsboro Boys," which that oh. seems like something that maybe shouldn't be a musical. But I don't know. <laughs> um, apparently, he went to high school with Will Smith.
0: Oh, so that's, that's cool. kind of crazy. That is crazy.
1: And he was also an aerial performer in a traveling circus. Wow,
0: that's for a cool. While.
1: Multi-talented. This stuff did not end up with the two truths and a lie. Only okay, because the two truths and a lie is kind of crazy too. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, this is going to be actually kind of short for me. Uh, so let's get into my thoughts. Okay, so like I said, I did read the Twitter thread. Um, I do kind of want to talk about some of the differences. So like I said, this did stick to the Twitter thread pretty closely. Yeah.
0: Do you have a little more description of like what... Oh, the sure, general like plot, plot is. synopsis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay,
1: okay. So basically, sorry. <laughs> yeah, because okay. I, I gave the very bare bones one. Yeah. So Zola is a stripper. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is a black woman, which only really matters because um, Jessica slash Stephanie in the film mm-hmm. um, is a white also stripper um that sort of, like, they become friends. Uh, They actually meet when Zola waits on her table at her restaurant job, which is, like, her her day job. Sure. uh, Because she's sort of, like, on the way out of dancing. Gotcha. Um, And, you know, they meet, they bond over the fact that they have all these common experiences from being, both being dancers. Um, And they bond. Uh, Stephanie slash Jessica suggests, out of the blue, only a couple days after they met, like, hey, my roommate is going to go down to Florida. Uh, one of my friends used to dance at this club there in Tampa. She made, like, five grand a night. You want to come? And she said, sure. Um, so basically, I what I did not... Sorry, the sentence I didn't finish was because, like... um, There is a lot of commentary in this film about how, like, Riley Coff, or Stephanie's character, um has, like... A black scent and she overall does a lot of appropriating so like she has braids at the very beginning of the movie we see them like doing their makeup which like is actually seen that comes up later um and she's like you know doing her edges like her baby hairs Mm -hmm. and everything which again is like not really something that white people do um so you know and that comes up in the thread actually way worse um where like she talks about, if not in the thread, definitely in the Rolling Stone article where like, she was definitely problematic, like dropped the N word a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. especially once they kind of got on the road and she sort of was past the point of no return where she couldn't (laughs) back out.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, can't leave this car. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And like, thankfully they, I'm glad they did not have her go so far as to say the N word in, in the movie, because I think that we definitely understood from the get that she was like problematic and appropriating. Sure. Um, Unfortunately, both the film and the actress have gotten a lot of backlash for that, which like I would understand if it was an acting choice, but I think that like that's her the, that's being, part of the story. No, it, yeah, it, it's it's part of the story yeah. and part of the character and yeah. part of the real person. Yeah, you know, so that's kind of like, and I mean, the actual real life Zola has talked about how like that was the standout performance for her because she like really just nailed who that girl was. Oh, cool. Um. Yeah, and she said that she really liked Taylor's Taylor Page's performance of her as, as well. Zola. Cool. Um. Anyway, so they get to Florida, and the club is like, they really didn't make that much money. Um. And then because they didn't make that much money, uh, Stephanie slash Jessica's roommate who came along makes a page for them to start prostituting without Zola's consent. Ah. And she's like, you know, in the picture, it's like both of them. Yeah. Um, so she's like, um, what's going on? And the other girl's like, oh, well, you know, I'm doing it for my my baby. You know, like I'm doing it for my kid. Um, just just be chill. Be cool. And she was like, okay, well, I'm not doing any of this. But I guess I'll, you know, try to keep you safe while you do this. Okay. Um, so she ends up actually like kind of making way more money. For her, then the pimp would have gotten her. Mm. um, Because he was really trying to sell her for very, very little money. Uh. And she was like, if you are going to do that, you deserve to at least get your money's worth. Sure. Um, But anyway, but it kind of spirals into this whole thing where, like, she's kind of being coerced into doing some things, too, that she does not appreciate. And she was like, you know, it becomes clear that um, Jessica slash Stephanie, like, knowingly lured her into this and like trapped her into this and has done this before
0: gotcha okay Okay, that's all the plot i need lots of
1: stuff going on yeah it's again a wild story um so like i said there are a few things that were cut out of the thread um one of them being like just the extent to how problematic jessica slash stephanie was um but also some other things go on, like um. So Jessica slash Stephanie's boyfriend also comes on the trip and is clearly not on board with the fact that she is also a prostitute. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a lot of kind of like emotional issues that come to light on this trip that again Zola is not aware of or on board with. Um, and yeah, I won't spoil it, but it sort of comes to a head in something that um. While I think a lot of, like, this is coercion and non-consensual, there is one thing that happens in the thread that is definitely not consensual, that did happen in real life, that um, I am glad that they did not include in the film. Okay. Because I think that would have kind of crossed a line. Um, There is a lot of nudity in this. Makes sense. Strippers. Not from the women. Oh, interesting. I mean, we see a lot of skin, but there's no actual nudity, I would Hmm. say. Like... You see, you know, you see them in, like, G-strings. You see butts. (laughs) But um, you don't see anything that, you know... Yeah, I mean, you don't see anything that (laughs) you, like, legally couldn't show on the street, I guess is what I'm saying. Okay. Um, However, like I said earlier, you do see full frontal male nudity multiple times, and I was kind of like, ah.
0: From, are there male strippers in this, too? Is that what they are? clients. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh,
1: And they're not attractive men.
0: (laughs) Ah, good. (laughs) Which, like,
1: you know, I don't know. On one hand, I'm like, okay, maybe this is equity. You know, maybe this is, like... (laughs) Finally. I guess I appreciate that they're showing this and not the women but I also really don't want to see that either <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, you know it's like I think that from
0: these ugly men <laughs> and especially
1: like the very first uh, man that comes in we see a lot of the lead up and I think part of it is like we're supposed to feel Zola's discomfort because sure. she's there and having to like sit through this yeah but I also think I could have gotten it without <laughs> quite so much sure sure. <laughs> I was like okay <laughs> um, but yeah I think that like this similar to a lot of A twenty four films. It does really make you sit in that discomfort. Mm. Um. Yeah. Let me see. What else was I gonna say? Um. Yeah. Like I said, it looks like Uncut Gems aesthetically. Um. So I think just a lot of like the a lot of the visuals just look a little older. Like they were shot on a camera a little older. Interesting. Just if that makes sense. Similar to Uncut Gems. Sure. Um,
0: Probably shot on film I guess
1: Yeah definitely shot on film So I thought that was a nice touch Um, It stuck to the story pretty closely like I said Um, It's had a good amount of critical success so far um, But not a ton of box office success So it's budget was 5 million So far it's made back 4.7 million So, it's almost made back its money, but it has been in theaters for a while. Yeah. And I think it's tough because obviously there are still lots of people not going
0: to theaters. And
1: this movie wasn't in all theaters.
0: Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily have big star power attached to it either.
1: Right. Yeah. And it's like, it was a viral thread. I do think that most people know that line. Like, you want to hear a story about how we fell out, you know? Like, I do think that line has been used as a meme a lot. But I don't think that the story has as much widespread popularity now. Yeah. Um,. Let me see. Yeah. Um. The only other thing I really want to talk about with this is that I do think it is really interesting and original to base something on a Twitter thread. Because we see, like, I do feel like I've seen a million times now the thing where it's like, oh, we're texting and little bubbles pop up on the screen. Yeah. And, you know, and like, while they did have a lot of the notification sounds, I actually liked that they didn't have the text bubbles pop up on the screen because it was told through the story of like, you know, this is a Twitter thread. Yeah. Like only vaguely. They didn't reference it that much.
0: I was going to say, is it referenced in the movie that it's based At the off a Twitter thread? beginning, it says okay. it's based
1: on a Twitter thread, but they use it as a way to be like... Almost like she's talking to camera a little bit.
0: Okay, but sure. But not, not
1: really. It's like when they're texting, they're like talking to their phones and you're seeing a close-up of their face. Gotcha. Rather than seeing the bubbles come up. Okay. Which I like better. Um, And then every once in a while, it's usually from like pretty far away, it'll be like something gross is happening in the foreground and then in the background, you see Zola just kind of spike the camera. It's, oh. it's a very much Jim from the office. <laughs> sure. Um, You know, so like there were those moments that kind of reminded us that like this is a story. Yeah, sure. You know, okay. like, this is sort of a little bit removed, yeah. I guess. Um, yeah. The only other thing I guess I want to say is that, like I said before, um, this movie ends with Zola very much still in danger. Hmm, okay. And, like, because it is a thread, granted, we don't get a lot of, like, the aftermath of this in a thread in the sense of, like, hey, this guy went to jail and sure. this is what happened to this person. Yeah. I-, I did get home safely. Um. But, like... Because we know it's a threat in the movie, we know that she made it out okay. We know that she's not tweeting this from, you know, the car still with these people. She is looking back on it. Yeah. But it still ends very much at the height of things. It feels like it ends at the end of Act 2 of the movie. Hmm. Interesting. And they definitely had time for Act 3 because the movie itself, I mean, from the time it started to when the credits started rolling was like an hour 15. Wow. So it was very short and they definitely had more time. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, I feel like I am all over the place tonight. I'm sorry. <laughs> Unlistenable. It's okay. <laughs> Only um, a little. <laughs> uh, but anyway, as a whole, I would greenlight this movie. I would appreciate some changes to the ending. Sure. Um, and I know from like a production standpoint, again, hasn't really made its money back yet. But I do think it is, even though it hasn't made its money back, I think this movie will become the blueprint for many other movies. Because I think we're going to start seeing a lot more movies that are based on like social media beef. Okay, that aren't unfriended.
0: (laughs) Fair, though unfriended is good.
1: But um, but yeah, I as a whole, I did enjoy this movie. So go see it. Make it earn its money back. I guess.
0: Uh, do you want to do two truths and a lie now?
1: Sure. Um. Okay. So these are (laughs) actually about people and Okay. Uh, I'm
0: gonna be totally guessing.
1: (laughs) Cool. Truth number one, um, Taylor Page was in High School Musical three as a featured dancer.
0: Which one's Taylor Page? Zola. Oh, her, uh, her herself actually, or the actor? Oh, sorry, the actor. Okay, the okay. actor. Okay. She gotcha. played Zola. Gotcha. Okay.
1: Truth number two. Yep. Riley Kauf, who is Jessica slash Stefani, is Elvis's granddaughter. Okay. And truth number three. James Franco was originally attached to direct, produce, and star in this film, so I assume he would have been um, the boyfriend. Yeah, because the the pimp guy was like definitely a black guy canonically. Okay, canonically, like the Twitter thing.
0: Um, I'm gonna say the first one. I don't think she was a featured dancer.
1: She was. She was Damn. a featured dancer in I Won It All in High School Musical Three.
0: Nice. What was the lie?
1: Shoot, I didn't write a lie.
0: What? Oh,
1: no. I just realized that now. I wrote three truths. I'm sorry. You
0: are all over the place tonight. What's going on? I don't know. What's going on? I guess I've just had
1: a lot of caffeine. Lara's I don't know.
0: Drunk on Mr. Pib over here. This, <laughs> is <laughs> this is worse than the Greenlit.
1: This is worse than the jungle juice. Might as well be happened. talking
0: about Wild Thornberries I'm right sorry. now. That's okay. So I win that one, I guess we'll say. I just guess. by default. I can't
1: believe I didn't write a lie. I'm
0: sorry. It's okay. Part of the premise. You missed a bit of the premise there. Well,
1: that's three trivias.
0: That is uh, just three three facts. Three truths. Cool.
1: I figured. Oh, wait, James- uh 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 one more trivia. Um James Franco was actually you. supposed
0: to play Zola. Enough with you. <laughs> We're done with Zola. Move on. Go <laughs> okay. see Zola. All right. We're moving on to a movie that has a very different vibe from Zola, from what I understand, of what Lauren has told me.
1: I'd say a different vibe, yeah. Very
0: different vibe. Sleepaway Camp, 1983 slasher film. Give you a brief summary of Sleepaway Camp. After a horrible boating accident kills her family, shy, sullen Angela moves in with her eccentric Aunt Martha and protective cousin Ricky. One summer, Martha sends the kids to Camp Arawak, Arawak, Arawak. Soon after their arrival, bizarre, increasingly violent accidents claim the lives of various campers. Who is the twisted individual behind these murders? The disclosure of the murder's identity is one of the most shocking climaxes in the history of American cinema. And that's true. And uh, like I prefaced before this, I do want to talk about that because that's kind of a a decent amount of what uh, I want to talk about. Uh, But what I think I want to do, do everything else, do two two, truths and a lie, then at the very end, give people a chance to like, okay... You know.
1: Be like, Goodbye, I don't yeah. want to hear spoilers.
0: Exactly, exactly. But before we do, that that's pretty much Sleepaway Camp. You know, it's a it's a classic eighties uh teen camp horror movie. Uh we got the campers, murders start happening, we got some counselors there too. It's fun. I'll talk more it's about it as a bit we get of a
1: whodunit. It. It's definitely a whodunit.
0: It's a hundred percent a whodunit, and I'll I'll talk about that as one of the strengths of this movie, actually. But there's, this movie has just really interesting people involved with it. Interesting because a lot of them, this was the main or only thing they worked on. This movie is written and directed by Robert Hitzik. You know what else he's written? Nothing. He's written Sleepaway Camp, this movie, and returned to Sleepaway Camp in 2008. He did not have any part with the other three sequels that happened. The other three Sleepaway Camp movies. It's a ghoulie
1: situation. It
0: is a bit of a ghoulie situation. He is now a partner in a New York City law firm. <laughs> Pretty wild, I what? know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, not much to say about Robert. Uh, I'll get a little bit into the background of how he wrote this movie and directed it, etc. But uh, that'll be a little bit later. Uh, let's just talk about who was in this movie briefly. Once again, kind of briefly. Uh, the star of this movie is Angela, uh, played by Felissa Rose. Um... So it's really weird. She's in roughly like twenty things on IMDb that are currently either in pre or post production, which I I feel like I've never seen on an actor's page. It's just like so many things, and I don't know. Yeah, a lot like, of them how are much dated. Time do you have? I know a lot of them are dated 2020, 2021. 20, 20, Maybe, Maybe there are a it's lot like of one shorts. of those indie
1: things where it's like. Oh, I did this back in 2015 and it never came out. And so that's it's very still possible. listed as that, like post-production That's definitely something. very
0: possible. Because it seemed like she's kind of stuck in this horror genre her entire career. Like, most of her credits are from horror films. And I just want to name a few of them. You won't know them, but I think they're funny names. Uh, films like Kill Giggles, A Nun's Curse, Casualty Friday at the Be- New Beverly Promo, stalked by my doctor Colonel a sleepwalkers nightmare <laughs> welcome to hell and my uncle john is a zombie my uncle john i love the specificity that, in that sounds
1: one. like a goosebumps book it really
0: does a lot of these sounds like goosebumps titles <laughs> but there are many more that she's been in. honestly these are mostly from like the last five years so like she has many more to choose from but yeah she's become sort of a horror star after this next we have uh jonathan Tiersten as ricky who is angela's cousin Uh, weirdly enough, Ricky took kind of a break from acting for about 20 years, 30 years, um, and returned, actually, his first movie back after his break was Return to Sleepaway Camp. Uh, and since then, he's been tied to some horror films as well, just a couple, my favorite being *Slossages*, and that's spelled like slaughter, so *slossages*. but also like sausages. Anyways, uh, next next up in our lineup, we have Karen Fields' Judy- uh, how many movies you think, uh, Karen Fields has been in, Lauren?
1: Okay, I'm trying to remember. remember. Okay, Judy's not that old. Because I was like, is she gonna be one of those people who's been in, like, 150 movies? No.
0: Well, shoot, sorry. Uh, maybe.
1: She's been in just this one.
0: She's been in two movies. Dang Sleepaway it. Camp, and a short film called Judy that is about her character in Sleepaway Camp. Huh. In, in 2014. What? Yep. Yep.
1: So that seems like a short documentary. Yeah. Then, probably. Kinda.
0: Kinda. But it was, I think it's an actual film. Like, it's an actual short film. Weird. Uh, Next, we have Christopher Collette as Paul. Uh, Paul is sort of Angela's de facto love interest in this movie. Uh, He's a big voice actor. He's kind of the only one who has a normal career, I feel like. Uh, If you want to call doing a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! voice acting normal. Because that's kind of, that's a lot of what he's on. And just other animated stuff, so interesting for him. Uh, these two others I want to talk about briefly just because I like their characters. Uh, next we have Paul D'Angelo as Ronnie. Ronnie was the beefy, he wasn't a counselor, he was he was kind of working with like the head of the camp. He Dude was jacked in the movie. 100%. I want, I think he's a bodybuilder, but I can't find anything else about him besides his acting career. Because dude is massive. He <laughs> like, he he's just a big beefy lad, 100% taking steroids because this was like the gold the age of steroids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's a beefy little boy. Uh, only has six credits to his name, including Return to Sleepaway Camp. Uh, ironically, that movie seems to kind of follow his character, which is weird, because he's still at the camp. Not a lot of the original actors are in it, besides him and Ricky, but uh, it's sort of him. He is at a different camp, and weird stuff starts happening. It's like, man, this is like Camp Arawak. Weird stuff was happening there. Uh-huh. And then finally, we have Frank Trent Sal- Saladino as Gino. Uh, he was our favorite counselor. He was just a he was just a fun beefy guy as well. Uh, only two movies for him: Sleepaway Camp and The First Turn On, which was the same year as Sleepaway Camp. Another like teen horror, sex-driven hmm. movie. So weird how I just think it's so interesting how like so many of these actors and and stuff just don't really have careers after this.
1: I think this movie traumatized them. Sleepaway
0: Camp curse, honestly. But True. we'll get into a little bit. I'm I'm going to start talking about now sort of the origins of this movie and, and stuff like that. Um so the budget of this movie was uh, a measly $350,000. Uh it actually did really well though. Uh it uh, for its budget, it had a box office of 11 million. So wow. it really made back its money, money and more. Um uh, yeah.
1: I mean that's like 33 times. Yeah.
0: Exactly. So a little bit about Herzog. Um, he actually wrote this script during film school and used his third year of film school to shoot it. Now he wasn't supposed to do this, and they almost flunked him out and didn't give him his degree. But his classmates were like, "Listen, this dude shot, directed uh, an entire, wrote an entire feature-length film. You got it to get through it." Now it's made
1: him. eleven million dollars. Yeah,
0: exactly. So he really doesn't need the degree at that point. But he yeah. didn't use it much after this, anyways. Um, so that that's sort of just a little bit about this movie um w- one thing that i think is interesting is that um he made sure to cast kids as kids in this like mm. um the uh actress who plays angela i'm blanking on felissa rose she was 13 when this movie was shot so mm. she was legitimately a kid and you know at this time uh this was kind of the golden age of like slasher films and films like this you know 80s you have movies like friday the 13th halloween nightmare on elm street all sort of released around this time that a lot of them have kids in it you know friday the 13th um is another camp movie this movie kind of took a lot of inspiration from friday the 13th
1: friday the 13th at least the first one is like all the counselors
0: yeah true but still um halloween nightmare on elm street all of them have teenagers who are supposed to be but they're played by adults And this makes sense because even now, um, you know, kids have restrictions on how much they can work in a day because they are children. So, um, especially, I don't know if it's the same as it is now, but at the time kids could only actually be on set for eight hours a day and four of those had to be tutoring. So you could really only shoot for four hours a day with these kids, but Robert thought it was important. So he, he included them in there. Um, yeah, let's. Uh, it was also like the golden age of B horror movies, uh, and I just thought it, a sort of interesting fact about just B horror movies in general. What that means, obviously, they're generally known as kind of just bad movies. Uh, the B does not stand for bad, however. <laughs> um, it's it's kind of a technical term uh, for a movie with a lower budget, but actually, it was originally used to describe a movie that was supposed to be a companion to a double feature. So, kind ah. of a, a a lower budget, but you know. Worse, but slightly enjoyable for the big movie. Exactly, exactly. But it's almost
1: like the A side and the B side of a tape.
0: Exactly, but it's sort of transformed into this. Like, hey, it's a B bad, low budget film. So that this is kind of the pinnacle of of what that is, Um, and you know, this movie is really interesting because. Despite its small budget, obviously it had some box office success relative, but 11 million isn't necessarily a huge movie. But it sort of gained a, a, a cult following uh, uh, for this movie, um, and there's actually a lot of respect for it in the film community because, like I mentioned earlier, at the end it has one of the most shocking endings, especially at the time, sort of in film history, in a way. Um, the 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 twist was really huge. Um,
1: and definitely didn't Can't age talk well, about but
0: D- Did all we'll, we'll say. Didn't age well. Um, and because it didn't age well, it's garnered a lot of controversy. So this movie kind of has a, a a double side to it, where it is this cult classic movie. It's this fun, campy 80s horror movie. But also, because of its reveal and because of etc., cetera, etc., cetera, kind of has some, some a lot of controversy surrounding it. Mm-hmm. Once again, stick around for the end if you have seen this movie or if you don't care about spoilers or if you watch this movie where did we watch this movie, we amazon. This
1: movie uh, uh, yes. amazon
0: prime uh it's for free with ads so you'll you'll have to go through a couple ads but
1: and they always put them at really inconvenient times they
0: did it was, it, it was they put the final ad like right after the end shot which the end shot is you know take away the problematic parts of the movie is incredibly haunting I'm never going to forget that final shot <laughs> I'll that agree.
1: Movie. I'll agree with that. It is
0: haunting. And not, not and then even... there was just like an ad. And yeah. we were like, ah, and it was, yeah, nervous laughter. Nervous laughter. And then it comes back to the face. It was weird. It was yeah, weird. Yeah, to the credits. Yeah. Uh. So I think I'm going to skip, once again, going to talk more about it after. But I'm going to skip the rest of my thoughts and talk about my thoughts. Um. So putting the problematic points aside in this movie, I really enjoyed this movie. I gotta be honest with you, I think it's a good, fun, like, campy 80s horror movie. And, like, you know, I don't think we, uh, the the acting is whatever, like, you don't see this movie for the acting, but I actually think it, it works having the actual kids... As kids, because it, it sort of makes these these moments feel more real, feel a little bit funnier. Uh, part of Ricky's character thing is he's kind of a little angry little dude. And so, you know, he curses out the head of the camp many times. And I think it makes it funnier. Because it's like, oh, this, an is, actual kid. this is a kid doing it. It's not it.
1: like, okay, yeah, this guy's actually 19. Yeah,
0: this, this 19-year-old with facial hair is uh, is cursing out this kid, whatever. But no, it, it makes it a little funnier. And, like I said, this movie is super campy. It's like, you know... It's campy? It's it's campy in so many ways. It's just the, <laughs> the epitome of camp, if you will. Um, you know, it's ridiculous at times, but it has fun. It has fun with itself, it knows what it is, and and it, it, it does better for it. Um... And like you said actually, this this film is very much a who done it, and I think it does a really good job of it does. of who You don't know
1: who's the who the killer is. Boy,
0: do you not until the very end. <laughs> uh. And they really keep you guessing until the very end. Um uh, despite uh, uh one one more thing. The deaths in this movie, I thought were dope. I think we uh, in They're horror movies creative. some of, yeah, uh, it's really fun to have these fun creative deaths. And um, I don't want to spoil them for you, but they're a lot of fun because I think it's cool to not know exactly what's coming. Uh, They're very fun. And I think they match the tone of the film, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, as with many 80s horror movies, (laughs) like, you know when people are going to die. Yeah. But in this movie, you don't know how. You
0: don't know how. And it surprises you every time. Yeah. It really does. Um, And once again, despite how problematic the ending is, it's really shocking and it's really horrifying. And it does, like, it's going to stick with me. However, like in good conscience I could not greenlight this movie the way that it is because of the problematic elements. And once again, we're dancing around what those are because that it's a is huge spoiler. it's the spoiler. It's the spoiler. So, the problematic elements means I as much as I want to because of the other really fun, like this is my favorite kind of horror movie. These, like, 80s, kind of campy, but, you know, still have some some good deaths, good scares, horror movies. This is my favorite kind of horror movie. Mm-hmm. And so it's tough for me not to want to greenlight it, but because of the problematic elements, I just can't. In good conscience, I can't. Oh, no, yeah. However, this doesn't... I don't think you shouldn't not watch the movie, necessarily, because I think it is it is one of those movies in the lexicon of, like... It's it not is not necessarily, well Yeah. It's not necessarily huge in pop culture, but I think it's a movie that's, like, it's worth seeing, and it has, like, you know, it'll stick with you.
1: It does some things well.
0: Yeah, it really does. It really does. So, two truths and a lie now okay. before I release all of you who don't want spoilers. All right.
1: I feel like everybody listening is going to be like, well, now I have to know what the problematic thing is. Right? <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. But I, I really do encourage you, if you're going to watch this movie... Avoid yeah. avoid this. Yeah. Uh, come back to it. Come back. We'll, we'll still be here. We promise.
1: Okay. Give us an extra listening point.
0: <laughs> Truth number one. The actor who played Ricky actually didn't know how much he was going to have to curse, as it was downplayed by uh, the dire- writer-director of the film. Uh, I after, believe
1: that since he was a student.
0: <laughs> well, after seeing the movie, his mother was horrified and denounced the movie outright. <laughs> Fact number two. The movie was shot in early fall. It was set... In midsummer, so the crew often had to spray paint the leaf spray paint the brown leaves, and spray paint the grass green to keep the continuity. Sorry, had to, had to spray paint the leaves that were brown, and the had to change the grass to green. If that okay, makes sense, okay. it had to make him look more like summer. Yeah. Fact number three: Felissa Rose, who played Angela, and Jonathan Tiersten, who played Ricky, developed a romance during filming but broke up soon after. He was 17, and she was 13 at the time.
1: You know, part of me feels like they could have had a romance, but I also feel like, I know you said she was 13, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure if you're lying about his age right now. Okay. Um, so I'm going to say something okay. about that one is untruthful, and the third one is the lie. Okay.
0: Okay. Final answer? Yes. And
1: No. That
0: is true, which is kinda creepy, actually. Yeah, that is creepy. Uh it's actually the first one. Really? Uh, yeah. The actually part of Ricky's audition, it was an unconventional audition. It was all because the cursing? He had him curse him out. He had the actor who played Ricky curse him out. Because he
1: was like, I need to know you're comfortable with yep. it. Yep. You know? Kinda that's of fun. kinda cool actually.
0: Kinda fun. kinda fun. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. And
1: honestly, I don't know how comfortable I'd be doing that if someone asked me to do that. It'd be interesting. That might catch me off guard, too.
0: Yeah, good for you, Ricky. Jonathan, good for you in that weird that you were 17 dating a 13-year-old.
1: Yes, that's not cool.
0: Okay, so for most of you, this is going to be the end of our show. If you don't want to hear the spoilers, if you don't want to stick around, thank you for listening. Yeah. We really appreciate you. Uh, once again, uh, five-star rating on iTunes, social Please. media, Patreon. Even you though get I it. was you unhinged this week, I'm Long sorry. Lauren was very unhinged. She's normally not like this. Uh, if this is your first episode, she's normally not like I'm this.
1: I'm usually very type A. She's I don't know what's A. going on. She's all over the place.
0: But thank you for listening, and if you're going to stick around, see you in about five to ten seconds of silence. All right, we're back. <laughs> Welcome back everybody. Thank you for sticking around if you wanted to. You know, you little you little devil, you little turkeys, if you stuck around and you you haven't watched the movie. Uh once again Get we suggested here. But you know, if you don't care about spoilers, I think the movie's enhanced by not knowing this, but up to you. So the big reveal at the end of the movie is number one, Angela's the killer. Yes. Angela is portrayed as this really, like, quiet... I guess I didn't say this during the normal episode, but whatever. Angela's portrayed as this very quiet, she barely speaks, super timid, young 13-year-old girl. And she's picked on throughout the movie, whatever. And, you know, if you really pay attention to it, you realize that the people who die are the people who kind of pick on Angela, or kind of mess with Angela. And so throughout, you're like, oh, is Ricky the killer? Is Angela the killer? Is Who's the killer? Is it the, her her little love interest boy? Nope. It was Angela. Angela was the killer. But that is not the only ending. That is not only the part of the ending that is shocking. So, towards the end of the movie, a flashback reveals that it was actually Angela who died alongside their father at the beginning of the movie. Um, And not Peter. Peter was the son. Peter was then taken in by Aunt Martha. But because she already had a son and had always wanted a daughter, she decided to raise Peter as a girl and renamed him Angela. And this is sort of given as part of the reason why Angela is traumatized and why she eventually became twisted enough to kill people.
1: Which, granted, that would definitely be a valid reason to, you know, like, have some problems. Yes. But I think part of the problem is that, like... Angela, in this film, is referred to sometimes as trans.
0: Yes. Which is not... In in some discourse. Yeah. It is, and it also sort of, like...
1: Demonizes. Yeah,
0: it it demonizes, like, gender nonconforming people, trans people, and it sort of equates them with, like, mental illness and murder. Which, once again, I think the movie would have would have been better and a little less problematic if, even if this was the only thing. Because once again, she, that is a very traumatizing thing to go through.
1: Definitely. You know,
0: against your will. Um, however, there's another layer. So, it is also implied that Peter was already sexually confused before he became Angela, and the reason being just because his dad was gay. That's pretty much the only reason that it's given. Yeah. My opinion you take out that portion of it, and I think it still is an interesting... Still problematic, especially in hindsight, but I think it's a little less problematic. Because it, it raises the question of, well, you know, I think referring to to them as trans is incorrect, but it still is, like, that is a very traumatizing thing, and that's a big yeah. twist, etc. I think... It, however, at the end of the day, it's still a little bit homophobic, still transphobic. Yeah. Well, so it's hard. And also, it's, too, it's,
1: the other thing, like... And, I mean, I guess I assume, okay, because we talked about at the beginning of the show that what these two movies have in common is full frontal male Uh, nudity. Yes, yes, yes. So, the very last, very haunting shot at the end of this is Angela, totally naked, Mm -hmm. with a very um, scary expression. Yes. Facial expression. Yes. But, also, like has a penis yes so
0: yes and that that's how it is initially but i assume that's, how, that's how it, how it's artificial revealed. so actually uh i i can't believe i thought i wrote this down but maybe i didn't um so it is actually oh wait uh, this is a fun fact uh, that actually you all get because you're listening to this extra because hey. you listen to the spoiler um, so this actually, that final shot, they obviously couldn't have Angela do it because she was only 13. Right, so, that's
1: kind of what I was wondering. I was like, oh, if she was really a kid. They,
0: and originally they wanted to do a prosthetic, but it was still like, she was, she was still going to be naked, so they couldn't right. do that. So what they ended up doing was they hired this, like, anonymous college student to come in and do it, and he wore a, like, Angela face, like, m- plaster mold. What? And so that's partially. I did think it
1: looked kind of like
0: it's unmoving. It looks inhuman. It, and that that's partially why it's so scary, and I partially agree. why it's so like haunting is because the face almost doesn't look human. And I think that I was gonna talk about it with like the B movie stuff, but mm. I decided because you know, but because it was a B movie, didn't have a, as many resources. That kind of makes that moment even scarier. No, I <laughs> even agree more because.
1: Like Angela did not look like a human yeah, at the end. Yeah,
0: so that that's how they achieved that effect. Okay. Apparently, they he 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 got drunk because he was nervous to be fully naked in this film, like you know, at a on a cold uh, waterfront night. Um, so that's the, that's the story behind that. Um, but yeah, so uh, you know, obviously, th- once again, this movie is a really enjoyable watch for the most part. It has this problematic element to it. So obviously can't fully endorse it, but you know, give it a watch. If you have Amazon, it's free, so you're not really giving anyone extra money.
1: That's true. So Except for Amazon. Yeah. Because they got sponsors for it.
0: Yeah. But, you know, it's uh I- I'd say I'd say watch it. That's the twist. Yeah. Once again, you'll turkeys if you stuck around and didn't watch <laughs> it. I you know, it's still a fun movie, even if you don't know the twist. It doesn't have quite the same impact. It sort of becomes just yeah. another Fun, campy B-Horror movie. Uh, yeah. A well-done fun, campy B-Horror movie, but doesn't quite stick out as much if you if you know the twist already. Fair. Okay. Whew. That's all I got to say. You got anything else on Sleepaway Camp or Zola?
1: I don't think so. That's about it.
0: Cool. All right, people. This is the real goodbye, so you're going to hear the real music outro. Um, once again, <laughs> thank you for sticking around with us, and we'll see you next week.
1: We'll see you next week on The Green
0: Light. The Green Light.